0: Amen, amen. Thank you, worship team, for leading us to that place this morning. And indeed, yes, let's embrace the truth that Jesus is alive. He is restoring all things. He is working to build us together. A number of years ago, I got a phone call from a friend of mine. It's the kind of call that many of us have gotten, and it's the kind that none of us ever want to get from a parent, from a friend, from a spouse. He called me and he was more than a little upset because he had just gotten back from his doctor who had called him into his office and that's never a good thing. And he had learned that he had cancer. A very... Serious cancer and his doctor had told him that he had maybe six months to live. And so he was calling me and he called a couple of other close friends to come and pray over him. So I jumped in my van and I drove to Edmonton right then and there and we gathered together in his living room and he sat on a chair and we all laid hands on him and we prayed over him. We prayed for God's will. We prayed for his wife and his kids. We prayed for peace. And we prayed for healing. Well, over the next several weeks, as many of you have had to walk through, there were endless appointments and biopsies and tests trying to figure out everything that was going on and the best, best path forward. And through that process, we prayed. We prayed for him. We prayed for his wife and kids. We prayed for peace. We prayed for God's will. And we prayed for healing. And then one day, a few weeks later, he called me again, and he had just had another conversation with his doctor And they just could not believe it. They had done their tests and biopsies and they had found that their initial diagnosis was way off. He still did have cancer, but it was very mild and a very slow form of cancer, very treatable. And they would do some mild therapies with him and in just a few months he would be fine. And immediately after all that prayer, we can so easily think, thank goodness they got their diagnosis wrong, that it was different than they thought. What a happy accident, but I believe without a shadow of a doubt that God healed him. The doctor did not call him into his office that first time for no reason. They were confident. They were sure. They don't tell you to get your affairs in order if this cancer is not every bit as bad as they know it is. God healed him. Miraculously. And then with the tools that he has given us. Both. My friend is healthy and fine today, years later, because God healed him. Our God heals. Sometimes. This morning, we're going to be continuing our series that we're walking through this summer, Pray, exploring the depth and mystery and power of prayer. The relationship that God is inviting us into. Jesus is alive and his spirit speaks to us through the word, through his body, our church family, and to our spirit in our hearts. And we're looking at the different ways that we can pray. The things that God invites us to pray about, the ways that he is inviting us to connect with him, It's amazing. It's exciting. The creator of the universe, the author of life, wants to connect with you. That you can know His presence, His hope, and His love, and His peace. And we've explored some big things already. Just in the first few weeks, we looked at the Lord's Prayer. Jesus' direct instruction for how we should pray. We've looked at the prayer of salvation. We've looked at praying just to know God more. And this week we come to a very complicated one. Perhaps the most difficult one because it is one of the most powerful and profound and the most heartbreaking and confusing. Praying for healing. Turn with me this morning to Acts chapter 3. And the reality is that we could choose from dozens of of passages and stories all through the Old and the New Testament where God moves in powerful and miraculous ways, bringing healing into people's lives and even raising them from the dead. But let's read this story together this morning, Acts chapter 3, and see the power of God revealed in this man's life. Acts chapter 3, we're going to read the first 10 verses. It says this, So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from him. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly, the man's feet And legs became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Our God healed. He is all-powerful. He is in complete control, working to restore all things and walking with us day by day. He sees our needs, He knows our hurts, and He cares for us. And Scripture is filled with stories of healing. We have over 20 different stories from the life and ministry of Jesus alone. Of him healing people, even crowds of people. There are stories all through the Old Testament and through the life of the apostles and the early church of God's healing hand moving in the life of people. Our God heals, He has the power to heal, and He invites us to pray for healing. James chapter 5 Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. God wants us to pray for healing. God wants us to ask for healing. He invites us to pray to Him. And He hears our prayers and He responds and He speaks to us and He moves. But, not always the way we want. Because here's the difficult part, everything that we've just said is absolutely true about God's power and presence and all of the stories and evidence and examples and testimonies we have even in this room of God's healing power. And yet, there are times, too many times in our opinion, that God doesn't. And what do we do with that? It's easy for me to tell a story like I did this morning about my friend, and I'm sure we could all tell stories like that. Again, there's some in this room, but we also can tell far too many stories where God didn't answer our prayer in the way that we wanted. That our loved ones and friends weren't healed, weren't spared, we watch them suffer. And we grieve when they pass away. And we are left asking, why didn't God heal them? It's the impossible question. And tied into... Some of the most profound doubts and struggles that people have with following God. Why would a good God allow evil? Why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? Why am I suffering when others are not? Why did God heal that person and not my parent or spouse or child? It's deeply emotional. Deeply personal. And even when we ask these questions, we aren't always actually looking for answers because we're just hurting. And that's the first and most important point. It does hurt. And God hurts too. God hurts when his children hurt. He grieves when his children grieve. And he hates all of this pain and evil and disease and suffering so much more than we do. Because none of this was ever meant to be. This is not what he created. This is not what he intended. And it makes him sad and it makes him angry to see his children hurt. Because of what we have done. The world is broken because of our sin. Because of our disobedience. And all of these things have come because of our rebellion. None of this was ever supposed to be. But in His wisdom, God has given us free will. Love cannot exist without relationship. And relationship cannot exist without freedom to choose. And so if God wants real relationship with us, we need to be able to choose, and we have. We chose ourselves. And all of the hurt and pain and sickness and suffering and evil we endure has come as a result of that. We chose But God chose to. We chose to reject Him and He has chosen to redeem us. And He is. While we have broken the world and all of creation groans, because of what we have done, God is working to restore. And in His restoration, He can bring us healing. That's the first point. God hurts when we hurt, but he is with us. He is working to restore. And that is the easiest thing for us to forget, to lose sight of when we or someone we love are hurting. We can turn against God in that moment, in that hurt. We can turn our backs to him in our anger and our pain when he wants to be with us in the middle of that hurt. God hurts with us and he is working to restore us. And everything. And that's the second point. God is restoring all things to himself. God's plan of restoration is not the same as our plan for a comfortable life. can sound so trite and cliche, especially if we are in the middle of hurt or grief. God's ways are not our ways. But it is so important for us to understand that God's plan is not the same as ours. But it is best. It is best for Him, for His kingdom, and it is best for us. Wonderful and comfortable and easy life we dream about for ourselves and our family is not the same as God working to build his kingdom and his glory. And if we are followers of Jesus, we have to trust and follow him because he is doing something far greater than we can begin to understand. He is building something so much more incredible than we can know, and he wants. Us to walk with him in that plan of restoration. Because what he has for us, for you, is best. And the healing he truly desires for us is so much deeper than the physical relief we desire here and now. Paul is an excellent example of this. At one point in his ministry, he was on a mission and he reached into a bundle of sticks and he was bitten by a venomous snake and everyone around him thought he was going to be dead immediately. And he didn't die. And the next day, he was still fine and they didn't understand. God healed him, protected him and yet elsewhere in his ministry, Paul talks about this thorn in his flesh. He doesn't go into detail as to what that is. Maybe it's a physical illness or something like that, but God will not take that away from him. Why did God spare him in one instance and not in the other? God's doing something beyond what we can understand bigger than we can know. And Paul, as much as he was suffering with that thorn in his flesh, he submitted to the fact that God was in control. Because he knew, ultimately, that none of us will be truly healed until we are with God in eternity. That's the reality. For everything we hope for, for all the desires we have for comfort and peace and all these things in our life, all of this is a stall. None of us are getting out of here alive. And God's ultimate plan of healing and restoration for all of His children is not to continue in this separated place seeing in a mirror dimly but to be with Him in His presence, before His throne, worshiping Him with all the angels and creatures of heaven, declaring His praise and enjoying His glory forever and ever and ever. Amen. That is the only time we shall be truly healed. Whatever He chooses to do here or not, Then we will be healed perfectly, permanently, fully. There is nothing anyone can do here that will make us truly whole again. Even the man healed in Acts chapter 3 that we read this morning. Born lame, given miraculously the ability to walk and jump and dance. Got old. And his legs weakened once again. And he died. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. His sisters were upset, wishing that Jesus had been there earlier to heal him of this illness. He wouldn't have died, Jesus, if you had been here. And not only did Jesus heal him, he raised him even from the dead. And the people were amazed, and his sisters rejoiced that their brother had been restored to them, and they celebrated, and it was wonderful, and it was good, and Lazarus died again. He got old and weak and passed away. Every single story of healing in Scripture and in our world and lives today ends the same way. It's all a stall. Because we were meant for more than this. And it's coming. God has promised it's coming. Revelation 21, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old earth, the first heaven and the first earth, had passed away and there was no longer any seed. I saw the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be my people." And God himself will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more pain or sorrow or death or mourning or crying. For the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making all things new. He said, write this down. For these words are trustworthy and true. That. Is what is coming. That is what God will do. What God is doing. There is real hope, real joy, because God will fix everything forever. It's incredible. So far beyond our ability to comprehend. But he has spoken these things to us. Promised them. And he is true. And so we are here. And God hurts with us. And he is restoring all things. And he has such a plan as we can hardly imagine. For us to live in eternity with him. And also. He does heal today. In ways we understand, in ways we don't. He moves as He wills to accomplish His purposes. His Holy Spirit is here working and moving and He is inviting us to pray. To trust Him. Jesus has come and conquered sin and death and brought us salvation. And yet, for now... The world is still broken. We destroyed the world. Our sin destroyed the world. None of this was ever meant to be but our incredible and powerful and beautiful and amazing and infinitely gracious God saw further and He built the universe in a way that makes sense. And He allows us to discover ways to overcome sickness. Science is God's. All of it. He made the universe make sense and He made us in His image that we can make sense of it. That we can explore and study and understand and learn. And so sometimes He will heal miraculously. I have seen it. Many of us have seen it. Diagnoses that change overnight. Tumors and life-threatening illnesses that disappear without explanation. Our God heals. And at the same time, and far more often nowadays as we have learned and grown, God allows us to be a part of that healing process. Using the tools and treatments that He has equipped us to develop. To bring healing and comfort to those who are hurting. It's a beautiful thing. whether by his hand alone or by the tools and skills he has allowed us to discover, people are healed, cared for, restored. And it is amazing. But we must never forget that it's all a stall. Because the healing that matters is in eternity. And so God invites us to pray for healing. But far more For him, to connect with him, to know our Father, that whatever he does, no matter how he moves, that he is with us, that his love is present, that he is working and moving and transforming us and building all things in his image. He is inviting us to trust him, to follow him. In grief and in hurt, in joy and in celebration, God is faithful. His love is true and He is working to restore. So let's pray for God's will together. Let's pray and trust that God is in control and let's pray for healing as He invites us to do, trusting that He will move in the ways that are best. He hurts with you. He sees you He wants to restore with you and he wants you to be with him forever. Let's pray together. Father God, we come to these difficult things this morning and even as we say these things, even as we declare these truths, God, some of us are hurting so, so deeply because we didn't get the answer we wanted. And all of the things we say, all of the Truth we can speak doesn't change what we feel. And so, God, we pray for comfort. First and foremost, we pray for comfort. We pray that your spirit would bring that peace that passes understanding, that joy that makes no sense, that we would know you and see you and be with you and trust you, that your presence, God, would bring us comfort. We thank you for your church, your body, that we can care for one another, that we can be Jesus to each other, coming around one another in our hurt and in our grief. But God, you have said that you heal, and we believe that you can. And so God, while we first pray for your will to be done, we pray for healing. You invite us to pray, and we are praying, God, for healing in the lives of those that need it. In this room, in our lives, the people around us, God, we pray that your spirit would move even here now today and bring healing, restore our bodies. We know, God, that we will never be truly restored until we are with you in eternity, but, Father God, we have work to do that we see. We desire to love and care and enjoy fellowship and spread the gospel and be Jesus to the people around us. And God, we pray that you would remove the thorns from our side that we need. You would bring healing and comfort. Father God, we trust you. We understand so little, but we trust you. Even when it doesn't make sense, even when it hurts, we trust you. And we know that you will move as you see fit, God. And We look forward to that day, that new heaven and that new earth, those restored bodies, worshiping you in fullness and glory forever, where there will be no more pain or crying or hurt. We trust you. Father God, you are good, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.